Jeff here. Thanks for listening. Go to playvolutionhq.com slash ccbag or click the link in the show notes for the show's archives, ways to connect, ways to support the show, information about happy hour, and more. Johnson coming to you from upstairs studio in the snuggery along the Gulf of Mexico with me from the wilds of California, Minnesota, <laughs> Kristen Peterson. Um, well, Minnesota is turning into California, so that's where I got what? confused. Huh? It is? Yeah. Says who? Me. Um, okay. Hey, Kristen. I'm so good. How are you? I'm great. Got to get right into this. I've been waiting to talk to you about this. So months and months and months ago, yeah. I came to you in this very podcast um, with a with a heartwarming story about how I had found heart-shaped rocks on the beach. And I was overjoyed mm. because this was my first ever life experience with heart-shaped rocks. And you were like, yeah, I got a whole bowl full of them. And... <laughs> I was like, what a bitch. She harshed my mellow. And um, and I'm like, you got you got a bowl full of them. And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, how how many? And you're like, oh, I gotta have at least 20 in, in the bowl. And I was sad. I went from being overjoyed and happy at my discovery. I'm sorry. To being, being sad and depressed. And then then I decided I need to have more heart-shaped rocks. And so so I kept looking and and now I've got 40, close to 50 of them. Yeah. And um and uh are you trying to beat me or what? I think I already have. How many heart-shaped rocks do well, you have? Now? I could I could actually count them. I think 20 was being nice. Was being generous? What, um, is, what is your criteria for a heart-shaped rock? Because the the criteria we've been going with is is if it looks within if a three-year-old drew it and I recognized it as a heart then it could be yeah. a heart. So they aren't all perfect heart shapes, but no, uh, they're not They're I, I think that's about the same criteria I have. It needs to be recognizable yeah. as a heart. Yeah. 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 And with like I two think, bumps and a point. Yeah. I think if the, uh, if a three-year-old drew it and you recognize it as a heart, the, the rock would count. So, uh, Hey, listeners, if you did, go to my play. Hold on, did I ever tell you, did I ever tell you, I don't remember if I told you this or not, but do you know the significance of the heart shaped rocks? Like in my life? If you told me, I don't remember. Okay. So Knox and I started, like I would give Knox heart-shaped rocks mm -hmm. when he was a lot littler, probably starting at like the age of three. Um, if I would find them, I would give them to him. And then he started finding heart-shaped rocks. And every time he finds a heart-shaped rock, he gives it to me. And I save them in a little bowl. Well, a bigger bowl now um, because one day when he, I don't know, maybe gets married if he ever wants that in his life, um, I'm going to give him all of his heart-shaped rocks on his wedding day. Oh, 
Yeah. So I have, I have all of them saved that he's given me. And, and now, so like I went to Hawaii, um, I don't know, like six weeks ago, seven weeks ago. And I found each, that's what I bring back for my kids. So I found volcano rocks, like volcanic rocks that are all shaped like hearts. And I got found four of them, one for each of my kids. And then on another part of the island, I found regular rocks. No, actually I found coral that's shaped like um, hearts. And I brought back a little piece of coral for all of my kids that are shaped like hearts. Uh, I believe that's illegal. And also you upset the gods of uh, Hawaii and uh, have cursed yourself. So um, I didn't so take them from the national or state park. Uh, you took them from Hawaii and I think uh are you serious I I'm very know. serious yeah no I knew about yeah. the gods thing but I thought that was in certain areas yeah because the gods care about whether it's in a, a a national park or not no the gods care about you tourists taking uh taking parts of the uh the beloved island oh, away no. with you so uh so you are not only a a, a criminal, you're 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 cursed by the by the gods. So you got that going for you. But oh, uh, no, yeah, I hope you can fucking live with yourself. Um, we should probably cut that out if it's illegal. I don't want to be arrested. Eh, I think the uh, the the government's got other things on their plate. By the time they get to you, uh, <gasps> most other things will be solved. Um, oh my, I feel so horrible. We got another question for you. I need to been asking lots of people about this. What is your favorite outdoor temperature? Now you can't consider mm -hmm. humidity. It's just got to be your favorite temperature, no matter what the humidity is. Favorite temperature? Eighty degrees. 80 degrees. You are in line with uh, Nicole in the Australia. That's the highest temperature um, that anybody's ever picked. But we've got two people who've picked 80 degrees. What temperature is it um, where you are right now? 40. Oh, well, you're, you're halfway to your favorite. <laughs> halfway there. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's about 40 here today. Maybe a little colder. I don't know. I haven't been outside yet, so I don't know. But it's got to be nice inside, so that's Oh, it's good. 31. It's 31. 30, 31. Well, that's about 40. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, you, I, and we're going to talk about this just because I want to hear about it. A uh, couple of months back, you get to, you went to uh, the the Africa, the South Africa yeah. for, for a presentation and a visit yeah. and everything. I want to hear about the trip. I want to hear about the flight. I want to hear about the experience. Oh, I want to hear if you... Uh, you you bagged any big game? Do you have a a umbrella an umbrella rack made out of an elephant foot or oh. a lion head hanging on the wall behind you no. or anything like no? No. Uh I can tell you that I probably smuggled something illegal back though on purpose. Okay. Okay. Uh, so so we collect skulls at my house. Mhm. Mm and um so the people that I went to stay with, we had a foreign exchange student and I went and I stayed with him and his parents and they know that Knox loves animal things and they had found a monkey skull out in a game, I don't know, somewhere at some point and had this monkey skull and they gave it to Knox for his birthday and I just had to get it home so I brought that back 
did you smuggle it into the country up your butt? Because I know how that's a lot of smuggling <laughs> happens. No. no, it was just in my suitcase and okay. my suitcase to get checked, but they didn't find it. So that was good, I guess. Like, I mean, they would have just confiscated it and we knew that that could happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'm kind of naughty. Yeah. You're, you're, you, you, you are. And at, at least nobody listens to this podcast. So um, <laughs> nobody, you don't have to worry too much. Oh my gosh. Um, and, they, and I also brought home a piece of, um, they had found like an ancient piece of pottery out on one of the, one of their excursions, adventures mm-hmm. out at the bush. And um, uh, they gave me like a little chunk of this pottery to bring back. So oh. I have like an ancient, ancient piece of pottery that's sitting in our cupboard too. Mm-hmm. Well, you're really fucking Indiana Jones. Um, <laughs> some sort of international um, antiquity smuggler. Um, <laughs> the, I want to hear, I want to hear more about the trip, but first, are there, okay, okay. Are there any other international crimes you want to, want to confess to? No, no, nope, okay. that was okay. it. That's so, it. So how was the flight? How was the travel? Okay. How was everything? Yeah. Oh boy. So the flight's long. Um, so I was over on the West coast of South Africa. So it's three different flights from Minnesota, a couple shorter ones. And then the really, really long one, which is about 15 and a half hours. And that was like the longest flight I've ever taken in my life. And it was not fun, but also I was dealing with some really big health issues at the time and didn't know it. And so I didn't know what was going on. Like I, I didn't know, like, so I had, it was horrible to try to sleep. I tried, I ended up having to take like three ibuprofen PMs to knock myself out because it was not fun. And it's like really odd because you wake up on the airplane in the morning and it's like, you're in this giant bedroom. Like you're in a bedroom with hundreds of other people. And it is so weird. Um, so, you know, instead of ibuprofen to make yourself go to sleep on an airplane, they have things like tequila and vodka. No, and but like, whiskey. I just didn't want to get sick. My God. I know. So that was that. Um, But I got, okay. And then here's how I am so, I'm just going to admit it. Like, I didn't even know. So there's like. I don't know, 14 different um, states or provinces, territories, tribes within South Africa. But okay, maybe there's more. I don't want to say 14 because for some reason, 14 is just sticking in my head, but I could be completely wrong. But I was in Zululand, Zulu Natal. um, And I didn't know when I landed, because I landed in Cape Town, I messaged... Marnus, who was our foreign exchange student. And I was like, um, when I get off the plane, will things be written in English? <laughs> He's like, Kristen, everyone speaks English here. Everyone. It's like everyone's second language. And I was like, oh, okay. Cause I didn't even, hadn't even thought about that just because he's so fluent in English. And so is his parents that like, I didn't even like think that maybe I would get off the plane and everything. I wouldn't be able to understand anything, but it was fine. It was fine. That, Everything's in English. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, that's you, you. I mean, there's an app for that too. So you would have been, there you is. figured it out. 
you exactly so that's good yeah. you didn't get confused uh were no. they were they waiting at the airport with uh with a sign for you or are you on your own when you got off the plane? um so i had to get off in cape town and then f- take another flight to durban which is where i got off and then they were there um and yeah they picked me up and we had another two and a half hour drive to their home in empangini and um they live in like a just like a suburban area and it's very tropical there um lots of birds all over the place and lots of people there's people everywhere and it's just it's very very obviously different than here in the united states and it i was mean wonderful well, well we got we got birds and people well yeah i know but like the culture obviously <laughs> different different birds different people yeah so the family that I stayed with was Afrikaans, so they are of Dutch descent, and um, they speak Afrikaans. That's their first language, but they all speak English and very fluent, I mean, English. And then um, Marty, who is the mom of the family, the matriarch, she uh, also speaks a little bit of Zulu. So she works, she's a principal at a um, school for special needs children. So in Africa, they, um, they still have children who have high needs that go to different schools than, um, your typically your neurotypical children. So, um, she's the principal of a school over there for special needs, children, neurodivergent children. They call them special needs there. And, um, yeah, she oversees the school. So they are from what we would, it would be like five years old all the way up to high school. So it's wide range of ages and they have a play-based learning program there. So I went to speak to the teachers about play. So it was amazing. Well, cool. How'd that go? Really great. Um, So they're all Zulu. All of the teachers are Zulu. Um, And so many of them, are fluent in English, but are, uh, they speak Zulu day to day and they speak Zulu with the children. So, mm-hmm. um, it was, it, it was just different. So I just, I gave a presentation just about what play looks like for me in Minnesota with the children that I am in contact with and showed lots of photos and lots of videos of children in play. So they could kind of get an idea of what it looks like in the United States. Um, and yeah, I spoke for about three hours. There was one point where I had to go to the bathroom. And, um, so I had to stop, like give, I gave them a break and then I went to the bathroom and come to find out after I got done doing the business that, uh, they don't keep toilet paper in their bathrooms for the children because a lot of the children live in homes where there's no running water or toilets and they don't know how to use toilet paper. So, and these children need to be reminded over and over and over again. So like if, a lot of them, if you like tell them how to use it once, they may not remember the next time. So they have to um, go to the teacher every time they need to go to the restroom and want toilet paper. So I found out the hard way that there's no toilet paper in the bathrooms. But yeah, so, so that how does they explained one, to me. Did you, were you yelling if 
for to find out if anybody could spare a square or uh no there was nobody uh, in there so I left and I was like Marty there's no toilet paper in the bathroom she's like oh yeah we can't keep toilet paper in there because a lot of times they'll just throw the whole entire roll they'll use the whole roll to wipe and then just put the whole roll in the toilet because they don't know they don't know any better so um so that was quite the experience so you 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 went back and you finished your presentation on on white yeah yeah i probably had a little itchy butt i don't know um (laughs) it was was quite um it was quite the experience i mean Uh didn't you have like a a sock or something in your purse you could you I mean know? I I maybe could have I didn't think about that but that would have been I don't even know if I, I didn't even have my purse with me I don't think I just left it in the building and then went to the bathroom thinking you know I don't know you just think there's uh-huh. gonna be toilet paper there but there wasn't and that is a normal thing in their school Mm-hmm. next time you have a similar situation i expect a text message right away jeff what should okay. i do what should i do uh, just no toilet paper i mean i don't want any pictures or anything i just want a, a, a brief <laughs> a brief description of what the problem is yeah and, uh, and then i'll I'll help you troubleshoot the situation because we could have come up with something um there wasn't any okay. greenery around you didn't have a leaf or yeah. oh. i mean well no it was in a concrete building so no you, you talk you, there's a lot of birds you couldn't pick up a parrot and a wipe feather parrot? the whole parrot yeah. Yeah, kinda... <laughs> yes yeah oh, that, oh, would be soft. that would be so soft it would be why don't we have toilet paper made out of feathers uh, why don't we have just toilet birds um well and then it would have... be eco-friendly it would be eco-friendly because like you wouldn't waste paper yeah, you just wipe yourself with yeah. the bird. The bird goes off and grooms itself. And maybe you've got two or three yeah. of them and they rotate. Um, yeah, hey, I listeners, this is, this is another great idea I've got. I don't have time to run with it, but uh, anybody wants to uh, <laughs> to to capitalize on Jeff's Wiping idea of birds. toilet birds, toilet I want birds. Uh, just my standard five and a half percent once you get the business up and running. <laughs> um, so that the okay. presentation is quite good. Yeah. Um, did you Can spend I tell time you- in the observing the program yeah yeah i did a little bit so let me tell you um so the morning that we went we of course were driving as everybody else was leaving for work and school and all the things and it's quite interesting because many children well they all wear uniforms throughout the whole of south africa every student every child wears a uniform to school and um the school that I went to is in a, it's very rural. So it's not in the city at all. It's out in the country past like all the sugarcane fields. It's in the middle of really nowhere. And um, a lot of children that go to that school are from the small little communities around the city. So there are a lot of rural families, rural children. And, um, they don't have running water and they don't, the, the children, most of them, the only meal that they'll get all day is their meal that they get at school. But these children want to be in these schools so badly that some of them have to leave home at three in the morning to make their trek to school. And their trek includes walking alongside of really busy highways. And we're talking like you see little five-year-old kids walking along highways with zooming traffic and every once in a while you'll see like a truck pull over and all of a sudden like all of these kids just load into the back of the truck 
and the truck just takes them to wherever they're going. Not, they don't take the kids to school, but they'll just like get to where they're going and the kids will get off there or wherever mm -hmm. is convenient. And then they'll start walking again and wait for somebody else. If somebody else comes by, you see children like standing on the back of bumpers because they can't fit in the back of the truck and holding on to the back of the truck as they're zooming down the highway. It is a very different world, very different than here. One of the, um, Marty just told me the other day when I was chatting with her that one kiddo, um, he missed his bus because there are some children that can get bust and some don't. So it's some schools have buses, some don't. Um, and the buses are um, funded by the school. It's not funded by um, the government. Mm -hmm. Children have to pay um, tuition in order to go to school. So even like the public schools charge tuition. So if the school has enough money for buses, they will go pick up children. But a lot of them don't. So those children have to just figure out how to get there on their own. Um, so one kiddo, he did miss his bus and he started walking. He, he walked 12 miles to get to school, being intermittently picked up by people and like hitchhiking in the back of their trucks. Um, and he didn't make it to school until like 11 a.m. or 12 p.m. that day, but he was like determined to get there. So like these kids have fight. These kids have motivation. And I mean, it could be motivation because it's the only place where they're going to get food. Um, or maybe it's the love that they feel. And I know that all of these children, they come from these very loving communities and homes they just, it's different than homes you would find in the United States. Um, so that was eye-opening, but also like, I was just so sad for these children, but they don't know any different and they don't know, you know, they don't know what their circumstances are generally compared to other places. And they're very grateful for the school that they do have. So, um, so yeah. And so when I went there that day, they were having a big celebration. It was like an end of the quarter, end of the term celebration. And they do like these pageants and the children come through and they have all of these choreographed dances and they have a choir. And the really, the biggest takeaway I think I had from that experience, because it was every student and every staff person in that building and, um, the biggest takeaway I think I had was that these Zulu people have so much soul in them that when music is playing, the whole entire building, like it's like continual movement of these people. They, they have so much, like, I don't even know how to explain it. There's just so much soul there that they're dancing. Like, they they move continuously and there's just so much dance and movement in their bodies that it's just a normal thing to see everybody just moving and dancing as one. And the joy that people had while they were sitting there was amazing to watch. And then they um had a whole entire song that they learned just for me when I came. And so the whole choir sang a song for me and it was amazing. Please tell me that it was um, some Sir Mix-a-Lot. No, no, it wasn't. 
it was I don't it was in Zulu so I don't even know what it was okay but it was it was beautiful okay I could maybe yeah. maybe a maybe a maybe a Whitney Houston song or something that no. you knew they could have no I mean they could have no 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 so uh that's like a good day what other adventuring did you do okay um so Oh, well, back to the presentation really quick. Sure. No, um, it was ahead. really neat because, well, there was about 150 teachers there, but then there was teachers that came from other schools too. And then they actually had um, some of the really high government officials that showed up that are um, part of like the Ministry of Education who were like really, really excited about what I was teaching about play. So that was cool. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So um we I got to stay and just kind of see day-to-day life with this family for about three days. And then we took off and we spent a week, seven full days, um adventuring to different game reserves. So we went first to I don't even know. I'm not even gonna try to remember the names of the game reserves. So the first one that we went to was more um, flatlands and like uh, dense-ish, well, they would call it bush, where mm-hmm. it's, you know, like it's not really tall, tall trees. There are some tall trees, but it's like kind of like my height bushes and things that just create the whole entire landscape. Um, saw so many animals. I did not get to see the big five. Jeff, do you know what the big five are? No, Google. Um, Triceratops. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, a megalodon. <laughs> a blue whale. No. Unicorn. And nope. Smurf. And no. um, gargoyle. Uh-uh. No. I mean, very close with the megalodon. Very close. Sure. Um, we actually have a megalodon tooth at my house. Did you know that? Um, no. Yeah, we have a real megalodon tooth at my house. Fossil. Okay, but I did not smuggle that from anywhere. That one was found off the coast of North Carolina and I paid for it. Mm-hmm. Knox is in the background saying, no, you smuggled it. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> um, okay, so they are. Am I going to remember now? I learned this while I was there because I thought it was different than what it is. So it's rhinoceros, it's elephant, it's lion, leopard, and buffalo. Leopards aren't very big. Giraffes. That's one of the big five. Uh, I need to. I'm going to Google this just to make sure because I don't see any of them. Um. Yeah, I saw. I did. I saw one. Two elephants. Oh, big five. I saw what two elephants. Okay, so I was there in the winter. So our Mm -hmm. summer is their winter. So Mm -hmm. there was um, lion, leopard, rhino, elephant, African buffalo. I was right. Okay. Oh my God, Knox is calling me out in the background. Mom, you didn't say African. African buffalo. That's true, you didn't say African buffalo. I, I imagined a bison. Because so you, uh... bison and buffalo are different. We don't have buffalo in the United States. We actually have bison. Mm-hmm. They have buffalo there, and they're like a what you would think of like a water buffalo, 
with like the flat head with the big huge horns that come off the top of their head yeah and they've got got gills they swim they're underwater they're yeah they're, absolutely they're, because water yeah yeah kind of like seahorses yeah but they look okay. like cows so if you've never been to a game <laughs> if you've never been to a game reserve i didn't realize this but it makes sense you are not allowed to get out of your car ever yeah you know well this? i mean no, but I, I would assume since I just never thought about it. You're not allowed to get out because obviously there's giant predators that do, you know, will just like hunt you down. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting once I realized that. So how um, many times did you get out of the vehicle? Well, you can get out when you're going to a hide. They're called. How, how many times did you get out when you weren't supposed to? Zero. Oh, that's not the Kristen I know, but okay. I know. It's so there was one point where we actually got a flat tire in the middle of the game reserve. We like must have rolled over something sharp. But most people in South Africa keep um, a tire repair kit or like an air compressor hose when you're in the game reserves just for this like purpose. Mm -hmm. So they have hoses that actually hook up to your battery and then you can blow your tire up and then they keep like a tire repair kit or a spare tire. So the spare tire on Monty's Land Rover, Monty is the dad, was um, out of, it was flat too. And so we got this flat tire in the middle of the game reserve. Your cell phones don't work in the middle of the game reserves. There's no people around. There's no way to like call for help. So he's, and the bush is like right up to the sides of the road. So the, the wild thing is, is you can't see an elephant if it's like 10 feet in for some, like they're just hidden. They're so good at camouflage. So you have like no idea what's lurking out there. So he gets out and he's like filling the tire with this weird foamy stuff that's supposed to seal the hole from the inside. Mm -hmm. And our plan was just to like limp it along. It was completely flat. Um, but then no joke, like three minutes later, and we hadn't seen another person all day another person rolls up and they just so happen to have like a air compressor hose that hooks to the battery. And so they blew our tire up and then we were able to get out of there. But that was scary. That was really scary. I have uh, a solution for the lack of cell phone coverage. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So giraffes are tall. Why not put cell phone transmitters on top of giraffes and then they just walk around and then you'd have, have cell phone coverage. Yeah. Listeners, um, anybody wants to run with that idea? Um, <laughs> draft cell phone coverage, um, run with it. I get my five and a half percent after you're up and running. Um, okay, okay. So, um, on our way, I want to back up a little bit. On our way mm -hmm. into this first game reserve, we stopped to get firewood right outside the entrance to the oh, game. Reserve. I heard the beginning of that. I thought you were going to say fireworks. Oh, no, 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 no fireworks. No, I think that, that would be awesome. illegal. Oh, <laughs> that my goodness, been awesome. Oh my you gosh. Firewood. You got firewood. Okay. So we pull up to this little village. It's a rural village. So these um, children, many of them are in school. It's so far from all of the schools. And um, they was there was like three little kids on the side of the road waiting for tourists like ourselves to drive through to get firewood before we go into the game reserve. So um, we roll up. And they're so excited and they start piling as much firewood as they can into the back of the car. 
and uh, Marty, um, Monty and Marty brought candy for the children. Like they paid the money, but then also brought candy for them because they don't have can they don't have candy in these rural villages. And they brought out the bags, and all of a sudden, so there was only like three kids there at first, and they were like maybe three years old, maybe a seven year old. This is like based on height, and maybe a five year old. That's who was selling us firewood. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, running, comes running probably about 15 to 20 more children from the village because they heard the candy come out. And um, I remember kind of standing back and I was videotaping it just because it was so cool to watch, like how excited these children got over suckers um, that all of a sudden this little tiny boy, I bet he was like two years old, running from the village all by himself, no adults in sight. There's no adults anywhere. They are off doing their own thing in the village. And this tiny little two-year-old comes running, bare feet, comes over, wants the candy. And then another little girl comes running. She has a baby on her back. She's probably about eight years old, seven years old, probably her little brother, running with this naked baby on her back, comes like runs to get the candy, the little tiny baby, she sets the baby down. It maybe had just learned to walk it's butt naked because they don't have diapers. So they just like let the babies, like they just go wherever they want. Um, And so this butt naked little baby standing there, like holding its little hands up for the candy. It was like the sweetest thing. Then we got into the game reserve and wait, I wait, wait, wait. I would have been what? like, hey, you three help with the firewood. Here's some candy for you. The rest of you little fucks, lazy asses, get out of here. No candy for you guys. That's what I would have done. You would not. I certainly would I know have. you have a very sensitive soul. I know you do. You I would wouldn't not have brought that. I would have brought candy to a I, I mean maybe maybe some beef jerky, but candy? Well, so they have enough beef, they call it biltong. They have enough uh -huh. of that. That's what they make that. Like, uh -huh. that is like a You know what they don't have enough thing. of? They don't have enough dentists, I bet. Probably not. You so could have brought a you're, dentist. You're promoting, you're promoting rural tooth decay. Oh, um, no, I'm I, not. I totally would have brought candy. And also, you mentioned that it was a rural village earlier. I'd like yeah. to point out that probably all villages are, are rural or they wouldn't yeah. be villages. Um, That's true. Well, I guess... Yeah, maybe. I, I was know. painting a picture for the yeah, list. Yeah, I, I know. Okay. Okay. So mm -hmm. all the all the kids, teeth rotten out from all the candy the tourists yeah. give them. I'm so um, such a horrible person. I am mm -hmm. an international smuggler and a teeth rotter. Mm-hmm. Knox mm -hmm. <laughs> is in the background. He goes, yep. <laughs> so um, we pull into the game reserve and within like, I don't know couple hundred yards driving in all of a sudden okay and so then all of the game reserves are fenced in with big fences and they're thousands and thousands and thousands of acres big i mean they're these mm -hmm. these game reserves are gigantic um but they try to keep all the game inside the reserves because they're and there's reserves all over south africa like t tons of them um but they keep them all in these reserves just to for the sake of safety of course um, and so, and they're protected in there and, you know, they have like systems for poachers in place. Like we were there and there was like a helicopter circling overhead, looking for poachers inside the park, the reserves, but we'd just gotten in and rounded a corner and 
was met with probably about 15 giraffes, babies and big ones. It was amazing. And they were like right on the side of the road and they crossed in front of the car. It was so cool. So cool. So then we um, rented a little house inside the game reserves. You can actually camp in the game reserves in a protected fenced in area so that none of the big animals can get in there to get you. But you can also stay in a house in the game reserve that's not fenced in. So the animals can come right up to your house if they so desire and, you know, peek in your windows if you want. So one night. Maybe try to get some candy. So the second night we were there, we hadn't seen any elephants yet. And I really, I was like one thing that I really wanted to see. And um, we had kind of been looking for elephants. So I knew that we needed to look for branches that had been cracked off of trees that were like strewn about. And that was like one sign that elephants were around. Um, So one night I was trying to sleep. No, I wasn't trying to sleep. I was reading because I was like eight hours like different in time schedule from them. And they had, the rest of the family had fallen asleep. They were sleeping. And all of a sudden out of like outside the window, I heard giant cracking noises. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, what is happening out? What is out there? And I got so scared. And it happened probably for about an hour. There was like crack after crack after crack. And I was like thinking in my head, the only thing this can be could be elephants breaking branches or leopard, like a leopard in trees hopping from tree to tree and breaking branches as it's like going from tree to tree. And I tried to look out the window, but all of the windows are covered in chicken wire. So like nothing can get in and you can't get out. Um, and I couldn't see anything. Um, that might, I mean, (laughs) they'll keep the chickens, they'll keep the chickens from getting in, but I I think it's more for the monkeys wanted to get in. I think the chicken wire wouldn't wouldn't really do the job. I think it's more for the monkeys. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Because we didn't have monkeys that got into our house one day. We left the door open on accident and monkeys are terrifying. I, monkeys are terrifying. They are not, they are not cute. They are terrifying and I am so scared of monkeys now. Anyhow, um, back to the elephant story. Oh, I just gave it away. It was elephants. So the next yeah, morning. I mean, listeners, listeners, when you, when you listeners figured that out about six minutes ago, but yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> the, my foreshadowing is so good, right? <laughs> so the next morning I came out. Well, and the, then the other thing that happened that night too, as I was falling asleep. So they have something called load shedding in South Africa. So they don't have enough electricity for all the people to support everybody. So um, they have to shut off electricity every couple days for two hours in all different parts. Of, like it rotates through the whole of South Africa. And there are apps to like track it, but nothing was working. So like you can't track when load shedding is if your cell phone tower giraffe isn't working. Mm -hmm. So um, all of a sudden, all the lights shut off. And here I am like all I can't read. There's nothing. And I'm like hearing all this cracking outside my room. Everybody else is sleeping. And I'm like terrified that the house is going to get I don't know. It's going to fall down around me. It didn't. It was fine. The next morning. I mean, it could have been Godzilla. It could it could have been. It could have been. Yeah. Nux. Nux is really can you hear him? No. Oh. Come over here and say it. Because people we can't hear you. Into the mic. Or what? It could have been 
sleepwalking. Or it could have been me sleepwalking. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And robbing a <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, so the next morning I get up and I'm like, there was so much cracking happening outside last night. We have to go see if we can figure out what it was. So we went outside and there's sand all around the whole house. And it, there was giant elephant footprints right outside my window. It was not because they were not my footprints. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> so, and there was like branches down. There was huge piles of elephant dung. And they, like the whole entire herd had come through that night while I was sleeping. Isn't that so cool? Oh, okay. So you're really wanting to see elephants and the elephants are like, hey, Kristen really wants to see us. Let's go over and pay a visit. And they come yeah. right up to your fucking window and you don't and look out the see window them. and see them? I couldn't. No, it was so pitch black. They're probably tapping on the window. I know. Mm. They probably were. No, oh, that's very sad. So that was really, it was really neat though to, to sure. know that they were that close and for so long and that, yeah, it was neat. So we saw lots of, um, we had Impala that came right up to the house while we were out there having campfires and, and drinks and stuff in the evening. Um, there was Niala that came up. They're like another type of uh, antelope. Um, then one night and they, Marnie and uh, Monty and Marty had never seen this before and neither had Marnus. Um, there was bush babies that came down the tree to see us. Not to see us. They wanted treats. Um, and we were having our campfire and there was bush babies in the tree right above us the whole entire time looking down at us with their gigantic eyes. And then we were feeding them like, you're not supposed you're not supposed to feed the animals. I didn't. Monty mm. did. I was not being illegal. Monty was doing it. He was giving them little tiny pieces of biltong, which is beef jerky, um, and setting them in the tree. And then the bush babies would come down and they would grab it and they would sit there and they would eat it. And they were so cute. And they got they got constipated and died. They didn't. Um, I mean, you don't know that. I know. All that, all that, all that. They came back the next vibrant. night, though, too. That was other ones. It wasn't. It was. It had to have been the same ones. Mm -hmm. They're like, "Hey, yeah. you killed my uncle. I'm here for revenge or some of that oh beef jerky." Um, they were so cute. I bet they were. Um, and delicious. I hear. No. No. They're not. So then the did next. Did you get to eat a giraffe steak or something? A giraffe. No. Burger? Okay. I did have. What did I have? I had warthog while I was there. Um. I had. Uh. Impala. I had Niala. Um, what else? I think I, okay, what else did I have that was like, I can't remember. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I had buff, buffalo. I might have buffalo. I don't I know. Monkey brain. Did you eat some monkey I brain? I didn't eat any monkey. No, 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 no. Did you know that there's some monkeys that have blue balls? Like actually. They're like robin's egg blue and they are like that during mating season and so you hear there's all these monkeys everywhere with these gigantic blue balls listeners um <clears throat> this is what makes the child care barn girl podcast so special you don't hear about monkey testicles on most early learning podcasts so um where so did you did you see any blue balled monkeys 
Absolutely. Yeah, of course. And got photos. Okay. Of course. Good. I mean, good. good. Of course. You need that. Um, so I had a run in with monkeys and that's why I'm terrified of monkeys now. So, um, they're just these tiny little monkeys, vervet Mm -hmm. monkeys, I believe that's what they're called. Um, and they were, they, so like when you pull up to like the game reserve, like main office building, these monkeys are so smart. Obviously they know that there's a whole bunch of tourist vehicles there and that people leave their windows down. And so they will, if you're out of your vehicle, they will go in your car and they will ransack the whole thing and they will dig for everything and they will take all the things out of your car and then they will eat whatever food they find. And, uh, um, I was trying to take a photo of a monkey with a bag of bread eating the bread and it ran after me and was like burying its teeth at me and was going to attack me. And I almost had to kick it because it was chasing me down the road and then another monkey saw him chasing me and joined in and I'm screaming because these monkeys are chasing me down the road it was terrifying it was absolutely terrifying I don't like monkeys monkeys are evil monkeys will rip your face off and I know yeah 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 you don't want to and then one day we were packing up to leave and we left one of the doors open and all of a sudden um I walk in to the living room and there's monkeys sitting on the couch just sitting there i mean <laughs> you can how did they get in through the chicken wire you should have monkey wire no, they, we left the door open why would you leave the fucking door i open? don't know why we left the door open like we were in and out like packing mm-hmm. up and like it just got left open and all of a sudden there's monkeys in there so we had to what chase them one, out how, and then we shut get, the door how, how does one get the monkeys out? Do you bring in a leopard or? You just scream at them and like, oh. like you scream at them and then they leave. Oh, and then okay. we shut the door. And then it was so funny because there was a table kind of like next to this, the glass door. And mm-hmm. it was like standing on the table with its little tiny hands up against the glass, like peeking in like a little peeping Tom. It was so funny. Oh. I got a picture of that too. Little oh, rascals. Bastard. I know. Bastard. Um, so, okay. The hides. So you go in order to see some animals and, you know, you can drive around in these big game reserves. Like a lot of people, you just drive around and you look for animals, right? That's what you do, but you can also get out of your vehicle and you can go into a hide. So a hide is usually situated over a watering hole so that, um, you can watch really quietly as all the animals come in. So you're not really allowed to talk in these hides and, um, there's a lot of people who are, you know, photographers taking photos from these hides and whatnot. So we spent some time in those. Um, Wait, you were in a place where you're not allowed to talk? Yeah. How did, how did that go? Well, I got, <laughs> I found, found ways to amuse myself, of course. <laughs> um, And I would stick my head out of the hide a little bit because it was over water. It was over this pond. And there was these turtles, these really creepy turtles that would see your head come out of the hide. I think people must have been feeding them at some point because you'd, you'd like, like, okay. So the hide, the little window is like a foot tall. That's it mm-hmm. because you, they, you don't want the animals to see you. So, um, and that's like a foot tall for like, you know, 50 feet 
along this whole hide and there's little benches in front of these windows that you sit in to just like watch. And so I stuck my head out. We were the only ones there. I stuck my head out and all these turtles, I think I counted like 15 giant turtles that came swimming over at one point with just their little heads like out of the water. It was like the creepiest thing. So I was entertained by the turtles. And then I made the mistake of turning my head to look up at the outside of the hide building under the roof eaves, gigantic spiders hiding in there. Oh, no. It, I mean, what's gigantic? I'm talking like grapefruit size. Eh, whoa, grapefruit. What? <laughs> grapefruit? Yeah, like big. I mean... But, but, um, what do you eat grapefruit? No, I hate grapefruit. Grapefruit's horrible. I can't remember the last time it's I saw a grapefruit in the store. And I'm just wondering where grapefruit came as a reference. I don't know. But like softball size. Softball. Yeah. Softball. Grapefruit. That's disgusting. Um, okay. That's a moderately sized spider. Um, it's big. Yeah. So did you, did you, did it, did it? No, it just stayed there. I didn't move or anything. Hmm. And then I put my head back in and I was like, no more of that. So no superpowers. No, no. And then, I mean, we saw so like we saw a few things in the hide, lots of impala and yala and lots of birds, lots of birds. We saw a giant eagle come and like everything went wild when the eagle came, all of the animals, like even the impalas and everything, they all just like took off and there was like nothing there. And then there's this giant eagle sitting in the tree, like waiting to find a meal and um, everything disappeared. I saw a secretary bird. Do you know what a secretary bird is? Um, yeah, it's a, a cute bird, works for an executive, uh, takes dictation. <laughs> yes. Where's the dictation. tight meals. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. No, what is the secretary, a secretary bird? Um, okay, so secretary bird is a very tall bird with really tall legs, um, and they eat snakes. They're known for eating venomous snakes. Um, they like pound on them with their feet. Their feet are giant, and this so, yeah. So like a secretary bird has really giant long legs, but it also has like a tall skinny body. So it doesn't look like an emu or an ostrich, and it's white and black, and it has like a really cute little like plume of feathers on top of its head. But they're like as yeah. tall as me. They're like five feet tall. And they eat poisonous snakes. Well, good for them. Somebody's got to eat those fuckers. Venomous. Poison. There's no such thing yeah. as poisonous snakes. It's venomous. Oh, venomous. Okay. Yes. Thanks. Thanks, Knox. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I never saw a leopard, but we did um, know there was a leopard in the area because we all of the monkeys went wild at one point and all you could see in the distance was the monkeys all up on the tall trees like sitting on top of the tall trees and they were mm -hmm. all screaming and like alerting all of the monkeys in the area that there was a leopard around so there was some sort of leopard some yeah stalking all the monkeys so we saw that um we thought at one point that we came across some poachers, but it was just some kids that were out on a wild ride through the game reserve and they went in the ditch and they were all out of their vehicle and they were trying to get their car out of the ditch. And it was kind of scary because we thought they were poachers, but I don't know. I don't know whatever came of that, but 
we didn't end up helping them, but we called help for them oh, just because we didn't know who they were. Yeah, they could have been, they could have, they could have, they could have been there or unpurpose waiting to, waiting to rob you. I don't yeah. know what they were doing. Yeah. So we just yeah. stayed steered clear and because it was really good. sketchy. It was not something you would normally see in a reserve. So, yeah. um, yeah. and then we went to a reserve that was on the ocean for our third reserve and that was beautiful. I never did get to see a lion, um, but I got to see almost, I think, everything else in the big five, except for the leopard. I didn't see a leopard either. But um, on the ocean, I did get to see some whales. They were doing the, um, there was migration of, I think, blue whales there. What color um, were their testicles? Do whales I have testicles? I don't hmm. know. Maybe inside somewhere? Yeah. I don't know. Not very yeah. streamlined for swimming if you got them oh. outside. Um, listeners, if you know anything about whale testicles, please hit me up at myplayhaven.com. Um, so it's like a great, it sounds like a great, great trip. <laughs> yeah. And I think um, oh, the la we ended the last day in St. Lucia, which is um, a little coastal town, like a resort town on the West Coast of South Africa. And um, they are known in St. Lucia for the running of the hippos. So at night, sometimes, and it's, you never know when hippos run through town and like everybody evacuates the streets because the hippos are running through town. And that's kind of what St. Lucia is known for is the hippos that run through town at night. Most dangerous animals, the hippo. Yeah. We went on a hippo tour, like a boat out to see hippos. That was really cool. They are giant and the baby hippos are the cutest because they're so curious and they just like uh, want to see what all the tourists are doing. And they um, sit on their mom's backs and they like look around and like are so intrigued by all of the boats that are around them. Did, did, you, you, the know, baby... did you know that hippos? Okay. Well, a, did you know that their teeth are made out of ivory? Um, no, we better poach those fuckers. Oh my God. No, no, and no, we're not. Oh, no, I mean, no, not we're, for, not. Not, we're not. Not doing I, that. I forget. I forget what no, we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to do. Yeah. I get confused. Okay. So did you know that? So they live in like pods. They live in, um, I don't know what they're called. A haggle of hippos. I'm not sure. There's some term for it. That sounds, that sounds good. Uh-huh. And it, the mommies, when they go, have their babies, they actually leave the whole entire pod family to have their babies in private and they have their baby. And then um, if it's a girl baby, they go right back to the pod. But if they have a boy baby, they have to raise the boy baby on their own for, I don't know, five months or longer before they can go back to the pod. Because if they take the baby boy back to the pod, the main, main male hippo will kill it. Yep. Did you know that? Yep. That's sad. Yeah. But they're good eating. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. No, they should be. Um, lots of lots of hippos in uh Colombia right now because uh what's his name? That drug lord guy imported a couple of hippos like 20 years ago, and now there's there's hundreds and hundreds of hippos. They're sterilizing hippos in uh what? in South America now. Um, yeah. So maybe they'll maybe they'll slowly make um, make their way north. Maybe. Have a, have a hippo I, on my beach. 
Okay, so the black the rhinos are also like endangered there because they're poached for their horn. Um, so in some of the game reserves, we went to they actually cut the they on purpose cut all the rhinos' horns off so that poachers won't kill them. Um, but there was one game reserve that we went to that they don't do that. And I I did not realize how long a hip a rhino's horn can get. They are I mean, it was probably longer than me. It had to have been like six feet long, the one I saw. It was wild. Bigger than that spider. Um, <laughs> so how how much do you, you bet the, the the game reserve people that are that are cutting off the rhino horns are selling them on the black market to make uh um make uh Chinese Viagra or whatever it is they make out of them? Yeah. Yeah, they're probably I oh, know. We're, we're doing this to save the rhino, but then they're selling it and that's how they that, no, they're that's how not. They get their, do you what think so? What are they doing with them then? They're just throwing on a pile in the back of their game reserve. I don't know. Good question. No, there's some, there's some, there's somebody making bank off of those. I don't know. I feel like there's like a vault somewhere that they are all in. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. They're just gonna bury them out in a pit in the back. No, somebody's making bank. Hmm. Absolutely. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Somebody. So that was, that was kind of the gist of it. I was there for 10 days. The flight home was a lot better because I upgraded my seat so that I had a exit row. (laughs) I couldn't, it was so cramped. I couldn't handle it. So I had to get a better seat, but that sounds like a, sounds like a wonderful adventure. But bet you were plenty tired on the way home too. So that may probably made sleep a little bit better. Sounds like a wonderful adventure. I appreciate you sharing with it. Um, Anybody else needs more Kristen in their life? Where do they go? Uh, KristenRBPeterson.com. And Kristen will will, uh, be there. She got all kinds of shit going on. Early learning stuff. Uh, She'll probably, yeah, she's all over the Instagram and all over the place. Any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Nope. This has been the Childcare Bar and Grill, the world's longest running and most prolific early learning podcast that every once in a while talks about monkey testicles. Back soon. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.